0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Nasty Woman Club, the catch-up, your weekly catch-up on news issues and events in the world of intersectional feminism. I am the Nasty Woman Club founder, host, journalist, Demi Lynch, and I'll be in your ears for the duration of this episode. I planned an entirely different episode than what I was going to produce and show you all today. But... Certain things have happened in the past 48 hours that have made me very cranky and that have made me want to rant. So the topics for this week's episode is completely different to what has been planned, but I think many of you are going to enjoy it and possibly might anger many of you because (laughs) like me, some of these things are just ridiculous. And definitely a sign that there's a lot of toxicity and bullshit in the world. Mm-hmm. Yes. So on today's show, I will be talking about the toxic fandom of the RuPaul's Drag Race franchise. And how fans have bullied off a judge from Twitter. That will be coming up on later on the show. I'll also be speaking with April Watson, a.k.a. The Bodzilla. And we'll be speaking about skinny privilege. But first on the show, I need to go on a rant. And I need to speak with you all about a certain controversial man in Australian media. And that is good old Pete Evans. Yes, it's time we talk about Mr. Chef Pete Evans. i tell you what, I am so over this lockdown, playing netball against yourself is not all it's cracked up to be, especially when you still can't even win. But you know what? It's not the lockdown that's the enemy. It's the virus. And the sooner we obey the rules, the sooner this will all be over and we can get back to the stuff that really matters. Nettie. For those of you that didn't see it, this week, Victoria Government released an ad campaign featuring Magda Shabasky, and she was reprising her role as Sharon. It's literally just a 30, 40 second ad and pretty much all she talks about is how it's very important that we follow lockdown restrictions, COVID-19 restrictions, so that the virus doesn't spread. That's pretty much it. Nothing too controversial, just pretty much stating common sense. That's pretty much what it is. Just a common sense ad. I liked it. I love seeing a bit of Sharon. That's pretty much it, but... Since the ad has come out, Magda has received a ton of horrible DMs, comments. There's even been comments suggesting that she is part of the Nazis, that she is murdering children. There's been some fucking horrible comments coming her way. And many of those have been instigated by the problematic man I want to talk to you all about. And that is... Chef Pete Evans. Yes. So I'm recording this on Tuesday and this morning on Tuesday morning, Pete Evans posted about the campaign ad that the Victorian government launched. He said it was the most disgusting and offensive ad he's ever seen. He said it is brainwashing families and children. And he said if the Victorian government want to promote something healthy to their audiences, to the state of Victoria, then they should be promoting... Oh God, I need to look at my... Sorry, I'm going to look at my phone and see what the fuck he's <laughs> It's so crazy. I know, I'm looking at my phone right now in the middle of doing this. This this isn't very professional, but whatever. This is... I've lost it today. Okay, yes. So, on his post, he said... Okay, I need to prepare for this. Okay. Mm -mm -mm -mm. That if the government wants to really help people get healthy, they would promote spreading love, being free, eating anti-inflammatory healthy foods, hugging each other, playing, singing... Getting outdoors, getting hands in the soil, meditating, connecting to nature, and building a healthy immune system. So, good old Petey posted that, and whew, the comments underneath just tear apart Magda. They are absolutely horrible. And does good old Petey do anything? Does he say anything about the fact that many of them are fat-shaming her? And saying that she's part of the Nazis and that she's murdering children by doing this ad? No, of course not. He does not do that. So that's why I have a problem. Not only with the fact that Pete Evans is a COVID-19 denier and he is using his platform to promote dangerous conspiracy theories about a global pandemic, he's also condoning bullying. Very, very harmful bullying. And that is not tolerated. I do not tolerate bullying. So I posted on social media about the situation. And of course, I received some messages and comments from COVID-19 deniers and Pete Evans fans. And they were not happy. Someone said I needed to get back with my theme. Or what was that? Oh gosh, I need to look it up. I'm just going to keep looking at my phone during all this. i have just a mess today, honestly. Um, What did they say? They said... I need to get back on theme. I think that's what they said. Yeah, they said, I need to get back on theme. I mean, like, they said I should get back on theme, which I'm guessing they think I should get back to talking about intersectional feminism. But the thing is, like, there's a global pandemic, and it's affecting every race, every gender, every nationality, every religion, every person of every age, every sexuality, like... It's affecting everyone. So, yes, I'm going to be talking about the coronavirus pandemic on my platform. And also because I can as well. If you don't want to see it, then just don't follow me. God, it's not that hard. I know. <laughs> the thing is, I recognize several followers' names because they always seem to be the ones that do not like what I have to say. But yet they follow me and yet they comment. So I always find that very interesting. But yes. It has definitely affected my day. It's not upset me, these comments. It's just pissed me off. Like, come on. Like, just if you disagree with what I have to say, don't come at my followers that are standing up for me, that are standing up for Magda on my social media posts. Just look, just go back to your little groups and talk about how you think COVID-19 is a hoax, which is just bullshit. Like, you know that I disagree with you, Why are you trying to make, like, like is it, like, what I don't understand about these COVID-19 deniers, and yes, look, this is going to be a bit harsh. Look, what I don't understand is with these COVID-19 deniers, do they think by attacking people on pages like mine, do they think that then they think that's going to get their point across and then all of a sudden we're going to believe what they believe? Or are they just doing it for argument's sake? I don't understand. Cause either way that either, either way, it's not healthy at all. And I just don't get it. Like this is why we're all just so angry all the time. And now I'm just so angry cause it's just dealing with a lot of people that are just so tone deaf and just not understanding the grasp of reality. And it's just, I'm very frustrated. And, uh, yes, I'm trying to Steer away from my phone. I think I'm gonna steer away from my phone a bit today after posting this episode because, yeah, it can be a bit emotionally draining. Receiving a lot of messages and comments saying that what you're doing is a bit ridiculous. I'm just like, mm, I think I need an emotional health day. I think, yeah. <sighs> but yeah, that is my rant on good old Pete Evans and COVID nineteen deniers. I think it's time we transition over to another story.
1: Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns.
0: Something else I really wanted to talk to you all about on this week's episode of the catch up was thin privilege. Now, the reason why I'm wanting to discuss this is because I'm part of this Facebook group called It's a Lot. It is the podcast group of Abby Chatfield's podcast. If you're not following abby chatfield or the it's a lot podcast or the group highly recommend you do it's really really great group so i love the group but it can get a bit intense sometimes so on monday night i put up a post about thin privilege several weeks ago there was an influencer i won't name her she put up a post on her social media on her Instagram. It was like a photo of her in her bikini, and she was and she made a statement about stretch marks, but in the photo, you can't see stretch marks and she's probably about a size six. You can't see stretch marks, but she made a she made a statement saying about stretch marks stretch marks, and all the comments underneath were saying, "Oh my God, you're so brave, yes queen blah 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 and this really irked me but I didn't want to say anything because I thought, oh, I don't know how to articulate this properly about why I'm feeling this way. And then for some reason, I decided to do it on Monday. Actually, no, the reason I decided to do it was because on the It's A Lot podcast, Abby Abby Chatfield posted on Sunday talking about thin privilege and talking about slim people in the body positive movement and where they stand. And she was very curious and she was curious about it like because she is a thin person herself. So she wanted, she was curious about like where it, where that all is. So I thought I would share my thoughts. then in the Facebook group, about 70% of the comments were good, but like the other 30, damn, they were not, they were not happy at all. Anyway, for this topic, I decided to bring on April Watson, AKA the Bodzilla onto the podcast. I have been a big fan of hers since, oh gosh, I don't even know time anymore due to covid like early this year, her and I like came into each other's lives and it's just been so great just seeing her platform grow and just seeing more and more people appreciate her and the, and the, and the incredible work she does. So yes, please enjoy my chat with the one and only April Watson, warning many rants and many tangents ahead of you. My dear April, we are on the podcast today to talk about a certain argument that happened in a Facebook group that you and I that's how that's how you and I met. It was through the Abbey yes. Chatfield It's a Lot podcast group, which we both love. We both love it. It we is a, and I highly recommend people joining the group. It's a great way to have discussions about intersectional feminism and just issues and
1: mental health and
0: just all the things all the things i highly recommend joining it but
1: But i will i will i will place a caveat as abby would say (laughs) around that to say that it is a lot and that's not just the name because sometimes as we're going to talk about um and not just in relation to the topic that we're going to cover there is a lot of patience needed sometimes to have a really good discussion because some people are seemingly determined to not listen to you Yes. And that's okay. Not everyone's going to listen to you all the time. But um, I definitely recommend if you're in the mood for a bit of robust discussion and some mostly supportive and feminist viewpoints being shared, come at us.
0: Yeah. Uh-huh. Absolutely. So, the topic that we are talking about is thin privilege, skinny privilege. And the reason this actually all erupted was because I posted something in the group <laughs> last night it out i started this crap damn it this <laughs> is all your fault <laughs> it's all my least. fault <laughs> so i posted so actually no 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 abby abby first i'm gonna i'm gonna blame it now on someone else abby mm, pre- oh bloody abby um so abby spoke about it in i think it was her su- yeah her sunday episode she mm. spoke about uh performative activism when it comes to thin privilege and she was actually very curious because she is a slim woman and she was very curious and to like how, what's up? How how does she word it? She 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 worded it in a way like she was curious. It wasn't like her denying it or anything like that. Unlike some people that commented, but it was her just very curious into how slim people can be part of the movement without not acknowledging plus size people, if that makes sense.
1: Mm. And which I would say, Abby and I actually recorded on Sunday, she's going to be appearing on the podcast and we started a topic, we started touching on this topic um, and she was very like, yes, I've been thinking about this a lot. So this is obviously something that's come up and I know that it it was in one of her stories from, since she's been in lockdown, just talking Mm. about this as well. So since she did her episode with you originally, where you went on to the It's A Lot podcast to talk Mm. with her, I feel like this has been something that she's trying to unpack but she's very cognizant of the fact that it's not necessarily her place to speak mm. for um, the people that need to be speaking. So, yeah. Yeah. So then I decided to post
0: in the Facebook group because there was this photo that I found on Instagram um, several weeks ago. It was a of a very popular Instagram influencer. I won't say her name. And she posted a photo and it's of her in her underwear. Um, and she's showing her leg and she says a comment about uh, something about stretch marks, but there are no stretch marks. From what I could see in the photo, like there are no stretch marks. Um, it's a bit hard to say without because obviously listeners might not be able to actually see the photo, but it's very much a photo that she seems to think that is showing stretch marks and it's part of the body positive in movement, but it's just a bit, I just felt very uncomfortable, very ick seeing it because my body is covered in stretch marks. Like I'm just covered in purple stripes everywhere and all that. And I'm definitely not the only one. So it was just a bit uncomfortable seeing a very slim person that. Was being called brave, being called Yas Queen for showing off her stretch marks when then there's nothing there. Like there's literally nothing there at all. <laughs> so that's why I was I was I was a bit annoyed. And I when I first saw that, I was gonna post it in the group, but I thought, fuck no, I'm gonna get in a lot of trouble. Some people might get cranky, some people might think I'm slim-shaming or something like that. But no, I posted it because Abby really wanted this discussion to be to be held because she was very curious about it so i did and then Mm. i left my phone (laughs) i went and had i went and had some good steak watched some criminal minds and then i get a text from you april and you're (laughs) just like babe, are you okay? You're right. And it's was like, yeah, I'm good. I want you a criminal. Mm, I was,
1: I was very worried knowing that you've had a, you've had a hard week or two um, feeling a little bit emotional. You know, you're a bit, bit, you know, you've watered those plants. You're a bit less droopy now, but I was kind of like, oh, you might not be feeling the best about the way that this has devolved. And you were like, no, no, like I'm okay. Thanks for checking, babe. Like I'm all good. And I was like, okay, cool. I'm glad you're feeling resilient. Like love that for you. Yep. But then
0: then I came to the comments. I'm just like, what the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> there was this look. Okay. Look, there were some really great comments. I was just like, yes, totally agree with what you have to say. Yes. i it's a lot of people did say they have been frustrated with this whole thing of slim people. And now I've, preface this of course not all slim people not all people in the public eye on the social media influencers they're not 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 all of them are doing this but there has been a growing of people that have the ideal body in the public eye but they seem to be at the forefront of the body positive movement which is very frustrating because the whole reason the body positive movement was created was because bodies in particular plus size black women because that's how it started they're not seen as quote unquote the desirable, they're the, the ideal, and they're the ones that are discriminated against. And you yes. wrote a fantastic post about it, which articulated mm. it
1: perfectly. I think when you say fantastic, you're forgetting to say that it was rage fueled. <laughs> um, I was pissed off yep. because I felt like you have been relentlessly positive, And I don't mean in a toxic way. I just mean, mm. you've been like, okay, I hear you. But also, and trying to be so, you know, almost tone policing yourself in the way that you continue to deliver resources and ask people very, you know, to, to critically think, you don't you don't attack, you don't shame. Um, and I, I felt really pissed off and really frustrated at the fact that, We just have to keep dancing around the issue of, yes, sometimes it's not about you and the what abouting needs to stop. Um, Michelle Andrews from the Shameless Podcast commented on my post and she said, I love this. It might be a silly point, but it sucks that you have to qualify that. Yes, all bodies are fine and wonderful to make your point. There's a lot of sensitivity from straight sized women when this topic is raised. And I was like, well, there you have it. From someone who self identifies as a thin white size gender woman i think that pretty much nailed it so um i agree that 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 sensitivity uh, for want of a better word is so prevalent and especially around these these topics of thin shaming because body image is such a sensitive topic which i totally get uh, and i totally respect that however when we talk about thin privilege it's not just about actual thinness, which is relative anyway, because it, it, you know, um, I don't think necessarily of most of my friends as being thin as such. They just have very quote unquote normal bodies, which is a problematic statement. We'll talk about another time. (laughs)
0: Yeah. My main frustrating thing about the whole slim, thin women with this body positivity movement is that they don't acknowledge Their privilege. That's the main thing. And I think just in privilege in general, not just with um, fat failure or anything like that, but also, you know, of course, with racism, with uh, people with disabilities, just acknowledging that there's privilege in so many different ways. And also the main thing is by me saying you have privilege, that's not me saying that you have never had any insecurities with your body, that you've never had any issues with your body, that you don't feel not confident with your body. That's not me saying that at all. It's me saying that, you can go to any clothes store in any shopping center and buy any piece of clothing easily, 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 easily. You can go into a doctor's office and get a blood test or get your arm looked at without worrying if they're going to say that you, you're too fat, even though your appointment yeah. has nothing to do with your weight. You don't have to worry about going onto a plane and a plane
1: seat, not fitting you. Yeah, absolutely. All of that. Like I totally agree. Um, and what you're saying about privilege is so, is so accurate. Because people are so defensive when being accused of having privilege, as if you're saying that they've done something to you. Mm. And I said, I was quite frustrated by the time I added my comment. And I (laughs) I said, acknowledging your privilege is not asking you to apologize for your position. Use your privilege to dismantle oppressive systems instead of just fucking, but I, you know, saying, I feel bad about myself too. Like, Sorry for the swearing, but it's in the, I'm reading it out. Like it's just, I'm quoting it. we encouraged swearing. We're <laughs> encouraged
0: swearing. Yes. <laughs> Does it
1: explicit language. Yes. Um, <laughs> this is, this argument is so all bodies matter. And as a woman of colour, I'm already kind of pissed off that the thin gals are getting in there. But when we're also feeling like a little bit of pressure to uplift women of colour, people of colour, non-binary people, bodies of color, as well as people who have disabilities. And then just, you know, it's Johnny, who and Janie, no one come in and they're like, but what about us? It's been about you the whole time. Can we have a turn? We just want to be in the mainstream with you. We're not asking you to leave. We want to join you. We want a little bit of that default action.
0: Mm, exactly. Yes. Because, sorry, I'm, I'm a bit cross That's okay. I love, I love, this is all about ranting and tangents and angry, angry. I'm always an angry person. So all good. (laughs)
1: Like the Hulk. (laughs) <laughs> yes. right, our super
0: yeah there was this commenter that I absolutely loved what they said and it is very blunt but I think like you said we always home police ourselves we always make sure we say I do believe this but I do understand where you're coming from but I do understand this this person said it very bluntly her name is Sally Coates and I just think it's so blunt to the point she said I think it's quite funny because at the moment women who aren't what we've been told is quote unquote perfect are finally getting their moment and now that the attention is off the quote unquote perfect women they're trying to pull the attention back to themselves by trying to convince people that wait no they're not perfect and therefore are still relevant
1: that's just Boom. so to the point. That's so That to was the point. sound of the mic dropping. Yes. Thank you, Sally. <laughs> Holy moly. That is that, you know, if there was a fire react, that's what her comment would get from me. Um, Absolutely. I 100% agree. And I think there is a time and a place, and you know, I am the biggest, loudest advocate for people loving themselves. And that isn't limited to the people who live in marginalised bodies or the people who for whom the body positivity movement was not started. I want all the people that I'm friends with, because most of them are straight-sized white or white-passing women, I want all of them to have the same good feelings about their bodies that I want for everyone who, for whom the body positivity movement's been started. But right now, they're starting so much further ahead of us as far as what society is willing to give them to make them feel good, i.e., oh, here's my brave stretch marks. Okay, we all feel better. That's good. I'm, I'm happy for all the people who, whose bodies are the after photo are uh, sharing their imp- imperfections. For me, I will never have that body. I don't. Have any problem with that body, nor do I want that body. But if I'm gonna look at that body as hashtag goals, well, I'm so far from the goal, I may as well just give up. Like that's mm. but of course, the Godzilla never gives up. Sometimes she <laughs> rests, <but she laughs> never gives up. And I think that for you and I, as two really vocal people in that group, particularly about this topic, now's not the time for us to rest in our laurels if people are gonna talk about this topic. Let's give them a few hard truths. Let Sally say those those great words and let them be heard Mm. let people actually sit with how that makes them feel you being thin and white and middle class and having all of the things in your life that mean that you aren't held back from things in this in the ways that people who are discriminated against more actively you know and have the intersections of different biases against them um doesn't make you a bad person and it doesn't mean you have to keep apologizing or or somehow trying to push a what about me issue sometimes you just have to be like oh yeah okay wow shit i didn't realize i don't want to co-opt language from other movements because we know that that's such a harmful thing to do but Mm. if i want to paraphrase it in a way that might be easier for people to understand if they've been doing a little bit of research or listening to some of the other voices um the body positive movement does need allies lots of people who are talking about black lives matter being an ally to people of color and things like that I have seen quite a lot of people of colour saying, we don't need allies, we just need you to go away and stop being racist and be actively anti-racist and go and sort out the other racist people you know. Don't worry about what we're doing, just go and do the work. So on the other hand, I think that the body positivity... Do we always try to wrap our mouth around (laughs) these words? The body... (laughs) When we say it, it? Mm -hmm. when we say
0: it like 10 times in an hour, we're just like body positive, whatever. My phone
1: knows if I write the word body to fill it with positivity straight Ah. after, but my (laughs) mouth could not do it. Um, If we in the BOPO community, let's see what I did there. Uh. Um, BOPO is a place where you can be an ally and it is a place where you can have a voice, but your voice can't be the centered voice. Your voice needs to not be the amplified voice. Passing the mic is all about letting people whose actual life experiences are what the body positivity movement has been created for or to combat. So if your experience is, oh, that's never happened to me, but okay. (laughs) Just listen, just listen for a minute. Uh, And I think in, and this is just, of course, like any group, We're not a monolith, not every fat person or plus size person or curvy person or person who's in a bigger body is going to say, yeah, I feel that way. But my opinion is that body love and acceptance is for everyone. Body positivity is what happens when you extend your love of all bodies from outside yourself. To other people. And that's where the allyship is for me. When you have a friend who genuinely will say, like, I, you know, if if you're talking about your body in a negative way, because even though that's a habit that I am unlearning, I'm still doing it. Sometimes I might say that I don't like how I look or things like that. Having a friend who will say, but that's not the most interesting thing about you. Let's focus on some of the amazing things about you. Like, all the things that make you good aren't going to make you thin because you don't want to be and all the things that aren't you know relevant to what kind of person you are like your body shape things like that are just part of your time here on this planet whether you believe that it's the first the third the 400th time um or just this one time yolo uh your body is what's carrying your soul around not not the other way around
0: yeah because the whole point of the body positive movement is to get rid of fat phobia because we live in a still a very fatphobic society Chronic. so much like people think that a lot has happened and a lot has changed but it's still a very fatphobic society and the same with racism this the same with like not wanting to be a racist person you can't just do you know one performative post like a f- fucking black tile and be like, Poop, <laughs> I'm no longer racist. Look at yeah, me. I'm right. such a Well you can't a great just show your stretch marks once.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's and then like, go, mm. I did it. Or um, you know, I think we have a and this is probably something that I really am working on hard is uh, ableism. And how prevalent it is because so many of us take for granted uh, what our bodies can do for us and how we can live in a way that's accessible without limitations or necessary adjustments uh, and our ability to open our minds past what our normal is is something that everyone can do. And I think that that crosses or that intersects uh, Mm. with so many other body experiences, because even talking about yourself as a fat person, if you don't consider yourself or you don't identify with, um, say, being a person of colour, or you don't have disabilities or whatever it might be, you still have a level of what is your normal that doesn't Take into consideration what other people's lives might be like. Uh, and I think Flex Mommy did a really good um, series of stories where she was talking with someone about sex toys that are accessible I love, for yes. people who don't, who have limb differences and, and things like that. And I, I just thought I had never thought of that. And that's my privilege mm. to have just simply gone about life, not even thinking about, well, I mean, such, it's a quite an obscure topic to go into, but anything. My life is you know the way that it is and yes I definitely have experienced discrimination and bias and I feel like I want to dismantle that but there even for me there are some systems that potentially I take part in because that's my normal. I'm doing air quotes for anyone that every time I do <laughs> that with my voice is the quotation marks. So <laughs> yeah, I think, I think that these are powerful conversations because when you become ready to listen and learn, you can listen and learn to more than one person at once.
0: That was myself speaking with the glorious, the Godzilla, aka April Watson. If you're not already, please make sure you follow her on her Instagram, The Bodzilla, and also make sure you check out her podcast, BODCAST. That's B-O-D-C-A-S-T. Now, on to our next topic of today's show of The Catch-Up. I need to get something else off my chest. I'm here to give you a good old-fashioned rant about the toxicity of RuPaul's Drag Race fandom. Season one of Canada's Drag Race is currently airing on TV right now. And as the season's episodes have progressed, the most criticized people on the show have been the judges, which is very different to previous seasons. Normally in previous seasons of RuPaul's Drag Race in America and also in the UK, it's normally the contestants that receive a lot of bullying, which I'll get to in a minute how this is not acceptable at all. But with this season, it's very different. It seems to be a lot of the criticism is towards the judges because the judges are not the same judges as the regular show in the US. And in particular, a lot of people have been targeting Jeffrey Bauer Chapman. I'm in several popular RuPaul's Drag Race Facebook groups and I follow popular um, fan Instagram accounts and people are getting vicious, really, really vicious these past couple of weeks There has just been so much hate towards Jeffrey Bower Chapman that he had to delete his Twitter account this week due to the ongoing bullying. For those that do not watch the show, the reason why a lot of people are targeting Jeffrey is because of how he is as a judge. Many have said that his criticisms are too harsh, that he bullies the contestants. But the thing is, what many don't realize is that there is editing in these shows, okay? The 10 seconds that you see... Of Jeffrey talking about a contestant's outfit. That's not the whole criticism or the whole comment that they made to that contestant. It just annoys me that people just still don't grasp the understanding of editing in TV shows. The editing is done to make certain people look a certain way. Then that causes drama. Then that causes more audiences to watch the show. Like for example, on RuPaul's Drag Race... The music is chosen as a way to show whether the person that you're seeing on the screen is a villain, or whether they're doing something clumsy, or doing something shady. It's all to do with editing. Now look, I don't agree with everything that Jeffrey has said towards contestants on the show, but he's not the only one. That's just normal. Like, they're critiquing people's acting, fashion, challenges they've competed in. We're not going to agree on everything, so I just don't understand why people are attacking him so much and just relentlessly bullying him. It's just disgusting. And look, the thing is, we've got to cut these judges some slack. This is the first season of Canada's Drag Race. It is without RuPaul, and it's with the whole new set of judges. They don't know what the fuck they're doing, okay? If I'm being honest, they don't. Okay, this is the first season all they got to follow up on is the American version and the U- and the UK version of RuPaul's Drag Race. That's what they got to follow up on. So it'd be very hard to make sure that they do it in or- in an authentic way, but also make sure that they are similar to what was seen in the US because that is highly popular. So several of the RuPaul's Drag Race contestants and alumni have come out in support of Jeffrey. Crystal from the UK edition of RuPaul's Drag Race has come out and said, So the black queer judge on Canada's Drag Race gets bullied off Twitter. Y'all happy? The main arguments I've seen are accusations of inauthenticity, as if you know what's authentic for him, and bad critiques. But none of the other judges are getting that half as hard. It's a pylon and it's racist. One of the current contestants on Canada's Drag Race has come out. One of my favorites, Priyanka. She has even said, stop being mean to the judges, to us queens and to each other. I know it's a TV show and we all have something to say, but for a show that celebrates the LGBTQIA plus community, we have to keep this home safe. So several other contestants and alumni have come forward on Twitter on their social media accounts and have just said, just back off. I can't even imagine what it must be like for him. He was doing his job. And look, the thing is, what I don't understand is that on many reality shows, when there is a judging panel, for example, Australia's Got Talent, American Idol, stuff like that. There is always a mean judge. There is always that trope. For example, on the American version of RuPaul's Drag Race, Michelle Visage is seen as a Simon Cowell of the judging panel because she's blunt, highly critical, and seen as sometimes mean. But she and Simon and many other judges that are quote-unquote mean or harsh have never been bombarded with messages and comments about their judging like Jeffrey has. And they haven't had a petition with over 2,000 signatures calling for them to be booted off the judging panel, just like Jeffrey is right now. And what's ridiculous is that this is happening to Jeffrey because people don't like his judging. But early this year, a contestant named Sherry Pye was caught out catfishing several men and pretending to be some fucking talent agent. But she didn't get no fucking petition made for her to get cancelled. No. It's just, I really do think it's racism. I really do think. It's just really, really cruel. And the thing is, like, he's just trying to do his job. That's all he's doing. He's not bullying everyone. And look, if you don't agree with what he has to say, what he's saying is not dangerous. What he's saying is not harmful to others. I think people just need to get a grip on reality, okay? Just because he thinks a certain outfit isn't flattering or just because he thinks a certain drag queen didn't perform in a certain way that you thought they did or etc then that's okay that's just how it works okay you're not gonna agree on everything and look if maybe sometimes his comments come out as as harsh or as a bit rude then look maybe he's just playing the mean judge for years we've had judges on reality shows and many have used the mean judge trope It's just very frustrating. So I really, really hope that people, since now he has taken himself off Twitter, I really do hope that people start to understand the severity of their actions. Okay, that was an episode. (laughs) I'm so sorry if this episode featured a lot of ranting, a lot of tangents, but let me know what you think if you enjoyed this kind of episode where I do go on a bit of a spill about things. Anyway, if you did enjoy this episode, please give it a five-star review. The Nasty Woman Club is a small business, so every review helps. Also, if you didn't know already, The Nasty Woman Club is on Patreon. So if you'd like to show a little extra support as well, make sure you head on over to the link in today's show notes. For more stories on the world of intersectional feminism, make sure you head on over to thenastywomanclub.com and The Nasty Woman Club on Facebook and Instagram. I'm your host, Simi Lynch, and I will see you all on Friday with another interview with an inspiring person with an inspiring story.